Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. My guest today is Gabe Risman, co-founder and president of Your Stake, which received the top ESG SRI portfolio analysis and reporting tool rating in the T3 Inside Information Advisor Software Survey in May 2022 for the second year in a row. And last week, Your Stake was nominated as a finalist for the Wealth Management Wealthies Awards as an industry disruptor and top technology provider. Congratulations, Gabe, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you, Paul. That's a flattering introduction, and I am very glad to be here. Great. So let's just jump right into our discussion. You and the team at Your Stake are having quite the year, as we've just mentioned, in 2022. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into why financial advisors are giving the firm their top rankings for ESG and SRI portfolio analysis and reporting. Tell our listeners how Your Stake provides financial advisors with personalized and explainable data to generate investment portfolio impact on the values that their clients care about. I'd love to. And uh, your question about why we got the top ratings, we we have the kindest clients, so that's the easy one right there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think we do a really good job of listening to feedback from what people are looking for and really focus on the problem. So the problem that we see You've seen these studies, 85%, 90%, 75% of investors are looking to align their investments with their values. But I think the CFA Institute in 2020 found that only 10% of people are currently doing that. So there's a big gap and there are structural challenges that, that lead to that gap. And the problem that we diagnosed is a lack of, as you said, personalization, a lack of explainability, a lack of transparency, and a lack of tools for advisors to be able to walk their clients through the full sustainable investment journey. So we provide a toolkit and we help advisors take the first step, which is if you're going to personalize portfolios or reporting or the experience, you need to know what your clients care about and what they value and what matters to them. So we actually have developed a behavioral values questionnaire with the behavioral science research firm to allow for advisors to help their clients take that first step into ESG and take their first step into values-based investing and really give a sense to the advisor of what they care about. And it's not a check-the-box exercise. We found that can lead to being people being overwhelmed or checking every box. So we start out with a behavioral values questionnaire to help advisors diagnose what matters to you to be able to personalize. And then my favorite, my favorite part of the flow is you find someone's values, then you help them diagnose their existing portfolio according to those values. Okay. And then you can find what's going really well, what's not going well, and how are there areas for improvement. And then we provide tools for advisors to either research or build portfolios or demonstrate that their existing portfolios are doing a better job on the issues that the clients care about to show that side-by-side comparison of here's where you are and, and where you could be. So that's the main value that your stake provides. And we really love hearing stories from advisors that are able to provide new information and stories is a, is a big thing and data to their clients to help them better connect with their values and then improve their alignment with their values. You know, Gabe, I, I found when I was in practice for 23 years that storytelling 
was the key for me to getting my clients' interest and attention about sustainability and focus on sustainable investment strategies, especially outside of the traditional approach to portfolio allocation. And I think it's terrific that you're using, you're working with behavioral scientists to develop those types of of um, surveys, if you will, that advisors can feel very comfortable coming out of a very strong scientific background in their conversation with their clients. So kudos to you and your team and keep up the good work. Thank you. And on that, actually, our our good friend, mutual friend, Jeff Gitterman had a quote that really inspired a lot of what we do today, which is all the data in the world does not help an advisor tell the story. So we really (laughs) focus on, yeah, we have a lot of great data and that's Maybe my favorite part. I like gathering the data. That's fun. But we really focus on taking that data and helping you translate that into stories and making it meaningful. Well, listen, uh, you and I both know how Jeff brings in the laser focus where he wants to and needs to for his clients and in his whole practice overall. So that's great. Thanks for adding that to to the the, uh, information today. So I want to get your perspective on what building values line portfolios means for an advisor's investor clients and the challenges that advisors face in putting that kind of a portfolio together. And as I understand it, you've got some some slides that you'd like to screen share with us as this part of your presentation today or this part of our discussion. Yeah, I actually have a live demo that I'll, uh, I'll be able to give a little bit of, which I think could be pretty fun. And the reason why I think that'll be helpful is the challenges that exist, we really help with a lot of them. And the first one is that behavioral values questionnaire. So I can just pull up a screen share and show a little bit of what that looks like. So Paul, I just created a prospect that I called Paul Prospect. And what we could do is have you take the behavioral values questionnaire. So a financial advisor would oftentimes walk through this questionnaire with a client to be able to really get to know the client. and not just have a check the box type exercise where people oftentimes feel pressured to say that they care about every issue, but it's a behavioral questionnaire that we developed in collaboration with behavioral science experts to be able to get at what the values are that are most relevant to a particular client. And then we found along the way that it really leads clients to open up about who they are and what they care about. And those stories and narratives help advisors build deeper bonds with their clients. So I'm just going to click strongly agree for all of these for, uh, for this uh, podcast. But what we can do is I go out of my way to reduce my environmental footprint. Companies should pay workers a living wage, even if that means employing fewer people. Human lives are more important than animal lives. I go out of my way to avoid buying products linked to forced labor. Prisons effectively deter crime. I seek out women-led businesses when buying products. I avoid eating meat. A strong military leads to a safer world. Companies should construct their hiring processes to achieve greater gender diversity. Society should or must take urgent action to avoid environmental catastrophe. Society should extend extra opportunities to historically oppressed minorities. Companies should refuse to cooperate with governments to censor political speech. I would or already do own a gun. I would choose or have chosen to serve on an organization's ethics committee. I avoid eating unhealthy fast food. And I would discourage a close friend from using tobacco products. So we've gotten answers all across the board. And amazingly, there's actually a pretty low correlation between political affiliation and the way that people are answering. It's really what what people care about at the core level. And as a result of the questionnaire, we can see that the way that I answered that uh, fell into the five of these personality categories. 
we can click in on any of the personality categories to see which metrics are going to be most relevant. And that will allow you to diagnose a client's portfolio as well as um, to screen for what portfolio might be the best fit. So we can click view and report builder and view and fund screener. And what we can do is I loaded in an advance of this call a client portfolio. We'll just load that up and we can compare that to my sample values aligned portfolio and be able to show, hey, on the, uh, on the issues that this client cares about, uh, if you were to switch from your existing portfolio to the sample values line portfolio, you'll be able to take 95% of the tobacco out of the portfolio with 35% uh, less health and safety violations, 63% less toxic air pollution. And these metrics are really powerful to be able to show, one, that someone's portfolio is not aligned with what they care about. Maybe we can use comparison absolute for that. Uh, and two, how they can better align their portfolio with what they're looking for. I also do want to show a metaphor style report, and maybe these are more of a, a positive thing that you might want to show about your portfolio. So maybe we'll switch it up. We'll show my sample values line portfolio compared to the client portfolio. And we can do metaphor in this case. And what that'll do is it'll take toxic air pollution or alcohol exposure or tobacco exposure from the last report and translate it into something like the equivalent number of asthma attacks. So we can click in here and uh, click on any of the funds in the sample portfolio to see all of the companies that are held within this fund and what their toxic air pollution is and how we get from toxic air pollution to asthma attacks. So you can see all of the facilities, the locations, the amount of toxic air pollution, which chemicals are involved for selenies, and then how that translates from toxic air pollution to asthma attacks uh, to be able to get to the overall number of, hey, client, if you were to switch portfolios, you're able to be responsible for 13 fewer asthma attacks in, in this one versus your uh, existing one. The last thing that I wanted to show, well, one is, uh, is, is the um, fund screener that I pulled up before. So from the questionnaire page, we can click view and fund screener. And a lot of times we have people thinking about trade-offs and how to find the lowest cost fossil fuel free funds is a very common uh, goal. So we can have a shareholder engagement toggle and filter. That's looking at how the funds in your portfolio are performing and conducting shareholder engagement or voting their proxies on social and environmental issues. And if we want to expand the universe to the, the largest universe, we can select minimal engagement. But if we only want to see managers that are doing good proxy voting and engagement, we could click deep as well. And then if we want a lot of times the lowest cost fossil fuel free fund is a very common request. So we can do fossil fuel industry exposure, move this slider all the way to 10 to be able to see uh, best performance on fossil fuels. And then what we can also do is move the expense ratio slider down to maybe uh, 50 basis points. And now instead of, I think it was 4,000 funds at first, we're only gonna be seeing 42 funds that have expense ratio of 50 basis points or lower. And then we might even want to see funds that have positive uh, performance in the last year. And then there are 10 funds based on this filter of expense ratio performance and the, uh, fossil fuel free. And we can see them ordered by their alignment to these specific values that we've selected. So I thought it could be helpful to share this quick screen share of how your stake is able to provide some tools to solve a lot of the challenges that, uh, that we talked about earlier on the podcast. 
So a lot of times the number one most popular search poll, uh, you could probably guess this, but it's how do I find the lowest cost fossil fuel free funds? Of course. <laughs> and there's a ton of other search requests, right? There's a lot of forced labor stuff, but I think 50% more than any other metric, people are looking for fossil fuel free and they're looking for low cost. You know, I think, Gabe, you've raised several issues that are so important for our advisor audience to pay attention to because there is so much diversity among even what you would think of, and and in my experience as an advisor, what I thought I had was a very traditional client base. A lot of engineers working for IBM. Yes, a lot of teachers uh, in school systems and at the colleges in the Mid-Hudson Valley. And I thought I had two fairly distinct groups of clients, Mm -hmm. a fairly liberal group and a fairly conservative group. And the, the crossovers that I found when I started doing sustainable investment analysis for client portfolios were staggering. I mean, I was blown away by the differences that clients revealed to me in the process of looking at what values they wanted to focus on most. So I, th- I, I couldn't agree with you more that for the advisor, the most important part of this process is to, A, bring all the questions up. And B, trust themselves to guide the client who they have a good relationship with already. So uh, uh, that's, a, that's a bit of an aside, but we look forward to seeing that, uh, that brief video as part of the, uh, of the program as well. Mm-hmm. Now, in a recent LinkedIn post about the SEC's proposal, proposed rule for corporate reporting of carbon emissions, you said the SEC is looking to not define ESG for all, but to add standardized disclosures on how ESG factors into funds and portfolios. So what will these disclosure requirements mean for advisors in their fiduciary role to their clients? Mm-hmm. A lot of it for advisors right now will be additional information that's more comparable and helpful coming from fund managers. So now there is one exception to what I said. There actually is, in the SEC proposed rules, a recommendation that climate-focused, ESG-focused, and impact-focused funds do disclose their greenhouse gas emissions. That's kind of the one metric where they said, yeah, this is pretty important. But (laughs) most of what they described is fund managers need to have a process. If they're going to call themselves ESG, are they going to call themselves sustainable or whatever it may be? They need to have a process. They need to define that process. They need to disclose that process. They need to prove that process so that advisors can trust that they're following that process. So from an advisor standpoint, you should be able to better differentiate between funds that it was really difficult before. So I think this proposed rule will be very positive for advisors, actually, because some of the complaints advisors have were, well, here's two funds. One has this great name, the the Save the World Climate Change Fund, and the other is called the the ESG-focused fund. Uh, should I just go with the one with the better name? Is that the one that's a deeper impact? Or how do I actually differentiate between what's going on? And there was a huge differential between what's going on, and you wouldn't always be able to know based on the name. And what is going to be required now is a disclosure of how you're actually incorporating ESG factors into your process. Is it driving the process? Is it informing all of your analysis? Is it an overlay that you apply? How are you applying your proxy building and shareholder engagement strategy in relation to just your stock selection? 
So I think it'll be a, a very positive thing for advisors. Now, some advisors are also thinking, well, are, is the SEC going to be looking into my process? And I think it's a very similar thing that, that should be taken away is the SEC is looking for you to have a process. If you're claiming ESG, you need to have a process and you need to disclose what that process is and you need to follow that process. And there are going to be some processes that are better and worse for certain clients. But that, I think, is really what the SEC is getting at. It's not everyone needs to be uh, focused on gender equality in, in leadership. Uh, it's saying, if that's what you want to focus on, then, then show me how. You know, this is a, a I, I'm sure you saw this morning the story about Goldman Sachs being brought yes. up on charges by the SEC for this kind of um, uh, focus in the naming of the portfolios that they, that they have been offering without really having the, the core values and the core focus within those portfolios for stock selection, et cetera. And I think this is one of the things that has – uh, that we're finally coming around to dealing with, and the tools that you've developed are part of this process of, of, of enlightenment, and that is really getting into the nitty-gritty where it's appropriate and when it's necessary so that the advisor can be comfortable that they're making the right recommendations and that the, the investment portfolios that they're using are the right fit for their clients. So uh, I think there's a lot more work to do, and your firm is obviously leading the way. So keep doing so. And let's talk about some of the ways now that you look at, well, okay, we've, we've got good products, we've got good services, we're getting ranked really well in our part of the industry. How do we keep getting the word out to people, that we, to the advisors that we want to work with and who want to work with us? They're all out there looking for the right partner, right? Mm -hmm. So you started publishing a newsletter, The Next Era in ESG Investing, and you also do some really interesting things with, uh, with, with other media where you introduce through short videos your staff to the advisor community. Tell me what all of that process is about in terms of the comfort level of the advisor community that ends up being your clients. Exactly. And, and Paul, we also have an ESG university and we have a Your Stake, Your Story podcast. And you're right, the, ne the next era in ESG investing all of our outreach is focused on education. So ESG University, for example, is tips on practice management and how, what are some common scenarios that you might run into as an advisor working with clients. The next area in ESG investing is focused on this SEC rule. The next era in ESG investing is coming because now there's a lot more scrutiny and we're bringing in experts from a whole bunch of different spaces to be able to share their opinions on how does that ESG rule uh, or the proposed rule impact how your operations will go and what's going to happen? Uh, we highlight the stories of our, our team, and we also highlight the stories of our customers uh, through the Your Stake Your Story uh, series that we're running, where what, what I like to do, I like to ask them, hey, when you were first getting started in ESG, what did you have to think about? What were things that were unexpected? What And we keep hearing stories and questions from advisors that are trying to get started in ESG and they're struggling and they want to hear what have other people done and what do I not know? It's the unknown unknowns type of thing. They want to know what are all the pieces that I need to make it a successful ESG focused practice. So our whole outreach strategy, yeah, we do think that your state could provide an amazing solution, right? But we are focused on 
how do you as an advisor have successful ESG practice and your stake is one of those tools that can fit in and help on that? That's great. And I think, uh, again, one of the big themes that I am constantly focused on these days is collaboration within our industry around this these efforts. Because as ESG and sustainable investing move more into the mainstream, as you know, there's more and more focus on them as representing the mainstream investor. And for that reason, especially, we need more and more collaboration within the industry uh, across large firms and small firms, uh, mm-hmm. firms like yours, and portfolio managers, et cetera, all of which has been happening for well over 20 years now. But I think there's a, a new um, laser focus into this part of the industry. And some of it's criticism and some of it is complimentary. But what's your experience over the last few years in terms of the growth of awareness of ESG and sustainable investing? Yeah, it's been incredible. It's It really has been. I think in my experience, what I've seen is that advisors really start taking the step when they hear at least four of their clients ask about ESG. It's it's or one really big client. <laughs> yes, um, right. <laughs> and in 2019 and 2020, when we were uh, first getting started, people would hear these questions and they would start to probe and they would start to say, "Hey, you know what's going on here? Uh, I want to cover my uh, my all my bases and make sure if a client asks a question, I know what's going on." And they just kind of wanted to have some feelers out. And then in 2021, oh man, there was so much growth that it was still the same four clients asking questions maybe, or not the same four, it grew, but all you needed was still four clients asking questions. But now advisors, instead of putting out feelers, they would look for ways to dive in and look for ways to differentiate and they'd see the writing on the wall. And we've continued to see that growth of everyone needing to have an ESG solution. And what's also really fascinating is I think a lot of times right now, the asset management industry and the major big fund managers are leading the wealth management industry. And a lot of the RIAs, a lot of the broker dealers are looking for that solution. And they're seeing all this stuff coming from the the portfolio managers that they're working with. And it's an exciting time where people are trying to figure out the best way to serve these clients' needs. And there's still a lot of room for growth, but it has been a, a tremendous amount of growth in the past couple of years, which has been really fun to be a part of. Yeah. And then again, kind of Looking back at my own experience in the industry as a as an advisor, all it takes is that one very large client of yours who is generating a significant portion of your revenue uh, for your practice uh, to develop the the desire and the focus on being part of this future for the overall investment industry. And then the advisor is essentially in in an obligated position to make this part of what they learn about and know about on a day-to-day basis. And ultimately, in my experience, it overflows into all of your client relationships. So Yeah. And now we're hearing stories of advisors coming to us because they've lost clients by not having ESG. Uh, I I forgot to mention that at the end. That's (laughs) the 2022 story. 2020 is putting out feelers. 2021 is, let's dive into this. 2022 is, oh man, I'm getting left behind. So that's been a really interesting progression to see. Well, listen, keep up the good work, Gabe. And how can our listeners learn more online about your stake 
and uh, the programs that you're offering in the uh, to advisors in the industry for integrating ESG and sustainability into their clients' portfolios. And just as importantly, how can they get in touch with you to discuss the issues that we're talking about today in this program? Sure. Well, first, I'll just say your stake is spelled Y-O-U-R-S-T-A-K-E. Your stake, like you're a stakeholder in the system. And I, I would be happy for you to reach out personally, Gabe at yourstake.org. Uh, the .org is a story that I'd be happy to share uh, if we have time at the end. It's a, an interesting one. And then what we can also do is uh, on yourstake.org, if you just go to the website, there is an ESG University section. And then we also share a lot of content on LinkedIn. So you might want to follow the Your Stake LinkedIn page as well. So tell us about .org. Yeah, the .org. When we first got started, we were really passionate and interested in the shareholder engagement side of things. So how could financial advisors better understand and communicate the proxy voting that's going on within their, within their portfolios? And how could they bring their clients in to shareholder engagement and these stories that are uh, that are happening with uh, fund managers that are pushing companies to change and improve their impact on on all these ESG issues, and we designed a petition system very similar to Change.org. So that was how we came up with the uh, the YourStake.org, and now we're actually bringing that back and doing a lot more with that, where you can get metrics and stories and disclosures on shareholder engagement and proxy reporting as well. And then we're uh, building ways for advisors to be able to help their clients or, or do it on their behalf, participate even better and in, in more robust ways in proxy voting and shareholder engagement. That's fantastic. Uh, congratulations and, and keep on going, Gabe. And uh, we've been talking today with Gabe Rissman, the co-founder and president at Your Stake. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Music